and welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me in a cool club scenario. I'm JB. I'm Gaz. And we are in um, American Pizza Slice in Liverpool. <laughs> because we have nowhere, we are homeless. We have nowhere to podcast at the moment. Talk Nerdy HQ is under reconstruction. So in, I really wanted to eat pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Gaz wanted to eat pizza. Um, also, Gaz's Talk Nerdy HQ is also under construction at the moment, yes. so we are just kind of like slumming it at the moment. But I've done some sound tests, I'm pretty happy with this, so if you can hear stuff in the background, it's just the cool sounds of a, an American pizza, <laughs> American pizza power. And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about Alita Battle Angel, mm. which um, came out, it only came out this week, I don't even think it's out in America yet. Um, oh, so it's been released here first. Yeah, it's a first. Um, I mean, I've, I mean, how much? But before we talk about the film too much, how much about this film did you do you know? I, I didn't mean, know anything. Right. So I, um, the only thing I would say is I, I obviously we briefly spoke before we went into it. Mm-hmm. General kind of chat about were we looking forward to it. Now, as much as I know nothing about Alita, I'm assuming it's come from. A manga or yeah, it's based like on a, a manga called I think it's called Gunem or something like that. Um, I think it was both a graphic novel and a cartoon. If I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry, but I, we're not big manga heads, are no. we? And we don't really know anyone in our close circle who is as well. It's one of them. I hear people talk about it every yeah, now and then, but it, no one I'd, I'd go. Oh, I know he's definitely my manga guy that yeah. I can speak to. About <laughs> this. It is an odd medium like that. We don't really know too many people in that circle and it's also not medium when it's translated into cinema because I think it's along the same lines of I think you know when games are turned into films yeah it's I think usually it's not very favorable is it not well received say. no it's normally complaints of whitewashing or that they completely changed it or mm. I mean didn't they do uh, Scarlett Johansson was in Ghost in the Shell and I think they stuck to it exactly scene by scene by scene as it is in the original cartoon yeah. and it still got slated yeah mm. I think a lot of people this is the ready player one school of film where I think people will always have their own like, yeah, okay. They'll put it on a pedestal. So I get that dig. Okay. <laughs> I'm not just saying that to you. <laughs> there was similarities to that I find found with this. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a very immersive world, big budget, like, you know, you kind of kind of a kid going off on an adventure to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So it almost felt very similar to and it was that was on early on in the year last year as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it, it did make me think of it. Well, before we go on any further, if the title hasn't given it away, this is a full spoiler review. So we're going to talk about all the details on this, so you need to go and see it. If you're American, you probably don't want to listen to this yet. Um, in another 40 hours from most recording this, you probably do. So without further ado, Gaz, initial reactions to watching uh, Alita Battle Angel. Well, I was scared. Uh, we spoke about it before. I always fear when... Certainly the cinema I've been going to in for, for the past couple of months, there's always been an Alita trailer. I've never liked the look of it. And the last trailer they did in Odeon cinemas anyway was this really weird like trailer but interlaced with an interview. James Cameron. And I was a bit like, oh my God, they're pushing this way too much. This is going to fall flat on its arse. This is going to be terrible. I'm 
really, really surprised because I actually thought that was pretty good. I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I, I'm, <laughs> it's just shocked me because it grabbed me early on as yeah. well. It wasn't like I, I thought, oh, actually, I'm just getting into this like halfway through. There was something about it from the first few scenes where I thought, actually, this is going pretty damn well. And it kind of kept up. I'm not saying it was perfect by mm -hmm. any means. There was there was bits of it that I kind of thought, really? But much, much better than I expected. Mm. Really? Like, yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I'm on the same boat. I think we're in the same boat here. That um, I kind of, I had this up and down thing with the trailer. The first trailer made me go, yay. Second trailer, no. Third trailer, I was back on board. Then again, I saw that Odin thing and saw James Cameron. And he even did, the, um, so it was a director who is... Who's the director so again? we've got James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez. I so think Robert Rodriguez is the director, but James Cameron did the screenplay, and I think that's that, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did an interview with him, and James Cameron even said this weird bit where he said, "I have never had to deal with a character like uh, Alita before." Mm -hmm. He said, "In any shape of the character," and I thought, "What a futuristic cyborg that's a warrior." And uh, that, you know, that's a weapon. And I thought you, you've dealt with the Terminator. You, you, well, I, so I always felt like when James Cameron said this, it was just some suits have put some words in front of him. I, and it, but then I've watched it, and he's right. It's amazing. I, I think the thing he was getting at was like even in the Terminator, really, they were still using a, a basic setting, and you would still see a lot of what the film was. Um, you know, in front of him at that time, whereas this is very, you know, it's probably uh, green screen the yeah. You know, the, the actual world itself is obviously being completely fully created around him. Mm. He appears that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, the character itself obviously has someone playing it, but then how much of that is then put on top? And mm. you know, all of the other characters essentially, apart from maybe the Doctor and Vector. Yeah, <laughs> most I mean, of them were not human in character they were all like animatronic so his his kind of perception of the film he's getting from a first glance when he comes. is vector human was vector human because well whether he was but i mean it appears human mm. but well well we'll get we'll get right into this so immediately i think one, one of the main things i liked about it not, not even the dance around it Alita kicks ass. Mm -hmm. Like she is one of the coolest characters I have seen on modern mainstream cinema in a very, very long time. Every time she was just kind of like uh, her quips weren't cheesy. Her, uh, her, her attitude wasn't like it was devil maker, but at the same time it wasn't ignorant. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was correctly confident about herself in an almost Wonder Woman esque way. Yeah. Is the way I could put it. I, I, I really liked it. Like I, I think it was a very strong character. The only thing that I, I kind of didn't like was her softiness towards the boy. Oh, <laughs> like, you just didn't like how she felt. It was a little bit too much for me. Like, is that the, maybe the manga leaking in? Oh, you know, with know, like all the oh, hey yeah. senpai. Maybe this is just me commitment phobe over here. <laughs> when a girl is like literally giving my heart to the guy. <laughs> And I was that guy going, put it away, love. <laughs> <laughs> just wake up and she is there on your ledge and you're like, oh! <laughs> yeah, exactly! Was that not just a bit creepy? Yeah. Like, no, it like the guy just wakes up and goes, ah, shit! It's like literally he was expecting her to be there. Oh, God. Like, no. It was a bit weird. That part of it I thought was a little bit creepy, but I ignored all of that because 
she kicked ass in the fighting scene. Yeah, yeah, she did. And other than that kind of thing, actually was a really likable character. Yeah, there was there was just something like I mean to compare it to like I tried to think of other female protagonists along the way whilst we're watching this. And like one thing I thought of like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I don't know if you watched the new TV series. Um, she's in a similar position where she's got everything against her. But the thing about her is she seems almost selfish in what she mm. wants. Again, I just couldn't find. I couldn't find really a bad quality in her. Like I know what you're saying. She was a bit too soppy. But that's a personal thing. Yeah. But her actual altogether as a person, she's could be what you could call a, a great role model to yeah, a degree. Yeah. I thought you know it was almost. Like, when she went into the bar scene and it was all very noble but it wasn't you didn't find that it was too much yeah and she was just trying to do the right thing that's the type of film I thought oh you know usually you'd think oh I'm going to cringe at the way it was presented but it actually fit with her Mm. persona and the fact that she she was just kind of like this innocent being all the way through it but then started to realise she had a greater purpose almost that bar scene by the way is that was the turning point in the film for me where up until then it had had me by the hand and was kind of i was going along with it going yeah all right you've got me you've got me that bar scene was was so good mm. that that's a bit where the film just let go of my hand and i trundled and followed along yeah. like i loved that that was there was everything about it the characters in it like that guy with all the dogs the um the bit where like the little back and forth between the guy and the mohawk oh i might mess up your hair and they were like oh yeah. Like the characterization was really strong yeah. as well. Who, who like, was as that as guy? I say, like the guy with the dogs was a bit of a throwaway character in the end. But actually like you kind of feel like you want a bit and you know, it's certainly gonna be a sequel from the way that ended. Yeah, so yeah. You, you'd like to think they bring maybe Dog some characters back, like yeah. that into it. And I also especially liked the, the way it was really subtly done, the fact that he's the one who chooses to help her, obviously you know, R.I.P. Cute dog. That, that was. I nearly <laughs> right. I nearly turned to you and said, "I hate dogs in films because they nearly always die." And I thought, "I'm not going to say it because we're in the cinema; it's quiet." And then when that dog came up, and obviously, what was the, you know, what, what, what that guy's name? What was it? Broomhandle Mauser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's call him Broomhandle Mauser. Broomhandle Mauser. Because I don't even think if I read it. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, going through it, it now. I think it's Grabushka. Babushka. <laughs> Babushka. Babushka. <laughs> we'll call it Broomhandle Mauser. When he, he just like, looks at it, I thought he was going to, I was like, right, he's going to aim at the dog and then she's going to protect the dog and get hurt in the process. No. <laughs> no, that dog was, that was dog was uh, toast, man. You kind of like, as soon as you saw the dog in the film and then you started thinking, right, okay, well, like clearly this dog is going to be like attached to it mm. and I thought it was going to be like one of these like you know scrappy doo type things right, where right. it follows around and at the end you know like in the mask where like oh like Milo like, you know he comes like and helps yeah, out yeah, yeah. and bites the guys at oh Milo's like the that. best so film, I thought though. oh it's going to be something like that like the dog's going to be like a main <laughs> stay in <laughs> the film <laughs> like, it, was just, it was just so brutally played and like no one bad in an eyelid <laughs> I was like Oh, so the dog's dead. Yeah, dog's, the dog's gone. I mean, the other thing as well is when you say, like, the dog, he just reminded me, the dog, I think that dog had a death wish. It, it's introduced as, like, just walks, walking into the road, and then it just stands in front of a centurion, and she has to stop it, and at the end she's like, this is the roughest bar in the world, and this dog's like, I'm going in, and then the dog's in there, survives the fight, and then this even bigger guy comes in, the dog 
first one to step up is the dog. Mm. That dog did want to die. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alita was like a 10 out of 10 for me in the sense of like obviously character. I actually got on board all the way to the very, very end where watching her, there was a part of me that didn't want the film to end where it ended, but that's another mm. thing. But I liked watching her walk out and all these people cheering and I could tell from the character that she's, she's doing this all for to get to, who was it in the end? Nova. No, no, but what, who did we think? Who was it playing Nova again? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward but there Norton. was no sign of Edward Norton on, like, usually the, the thing I would go to. Do you know who I thought it was at first? Do you know who what? I thought it was? Because with the glasses on, you know, Spin City. Do you remember Spin City? Mm, Vaguely. Kind of, but not enough to know. There was people. a guy who kind of looked like the guitarist from The Offspring who had glasses on and grey pointy hair. And Dexter? Yeah, no, well, Noodles, Noodles is the was guitarist. It, I thought it was Dexter. Dexter's the singer. Oh, right. That's but where anyway, there was, I thought it was him. And then, yeah, it was Edward Norton. But anyway, the point is, she at the end is like, fuck, fuck you, Edward Norton. The way she's just standing there and looking. Yeah. Everyone else around her doesn't know that he's cheering her. And I just got this it's, this tremendous sense of, what a character. Mm. I absolutely loved it. That, it, was a, it was a strong ending for her. Yeah. I think that kind of leads me onto the things that I didn't necessarily like about the film. Go on. Because... Obviously, when we get kind of get introduced to this great character, and that that's fine. And speak, then the, speak a little while. So the, the only other thing that I thought was weird was the fact that obviously there's this plan. Obviously, Nova sends down his plan: get this girl, mm-hmm. send room hand handled Mauser or whatever it is mm-hmm. out to, to room handled Mauser, whatever we're calling him. Vectors in on it. Uh, the the name of the girl doctor. <laughs> I can't remember the name of half the people in uh, this film. The girl doctor. There was, was it like two? The, the mum, you mean? Yeah. The mum, inverted commas. Yeah. Uh, it was something like Keris, wasn't it? Or was it? All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just call um, it Keris. So obviously, they all have this plan. It's get the girl, right? Mm. So why then, when we're at the the like racetrack thing, do they just kind of go, there she is? <laughs> and then don't do anything because aren't they and then th- this happens multiple times in the film where you think but she's there why like and even this is what baffled me about the end is obviously like what what just happened has happened and she's confronted Vector who obviously has Nova inside him yeah, yeah. and it's like oh you know she he now knows that she's coming for him and vice versa so how many months has transpired before that final scene where she is now a final champion? Probably a few, they implied that. So, so what's the problem? What, what's, what's Nova been doing? Is he just leaving her to it? So that she does come up to? Maybe. Do you not find right. that strange? Yeah, now, this was the, my biggest problem with this was um, the antagonist's motivations. Mm. So I didn't get... Keris, the mum, I didn't, she was really, I, I did not understand what she was doing, I didn't get why she was on the third side, and also what she wanted to do. The bounty hunters totally understood, they just wanted to kill her because they yeah. were paid to. Um, Vector, um, Vector, I, I, he wanted her heart, but for Nova, and Nova wanted, well we didn't know until, the, we still don't really know what we Nova really wanted. We don't know what Nova wants. Vector is understood in one line where he says, I'd rather be king of down here yeah, than yeah. a pawn. That really bird. helped me. So that, that, helped me that, get that. that was like, 
right now we, we know what exactly what he he wants to be the kingpin in, in yeah, the yeah. underland or whatever the hell it was called Iron City Iron City <laughs> the underland um, <laughs> goodbye but like I kind of like I get what you mean with the woman because obviously you get the feeling that they've lost the child um, and that that's obviously then set them apart but why would that then put her in that position to want to do bad yeah it was it was an it was it was, an, it was an odd thing. I also didn't get why she went into the sport that killed her daughter. Because that was yeah. the implication. Right, the implication. He didn't, which, which, by the way, what was it called? Motorball. What a, what a game. Yeah, this is... I love that. Flipping back to things we really like, actually. And usually in films, when they invent the sports, sports and it's like a future sport, I'm thinking, you know, the only one really that ever paid off but it was shot magnificently poorly, was pod racing. Yeah. You know, it had yeah. its own game, for God's sake. So yeah. obviously it was it was a viable option. You're not a fan but... of Quidditch? No. Because <laughs> it's pointless, because at the end it's Golden Snitch. It's just lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> but flying. <laughs> With style. <laughs> yeah. Do you know they actually play Quidditch on a field in Liverpool in Sefton Park? <laughs> no. Seriously. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, there is Quidditch-like hoops on Sefton Park. But anyway, a digress. That's, that's a digression. We'll have to go and film that. that and get drunk and just make fun people. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to go bully some people. Um, but, like, obviously, usually they get it just so wrong and it looks so pitiful, I always find, and you never really feel like it's viable. But this generally felt like... I, I, I wondered whether, and this is just the commercial side of things coming to play in a big film. I wonder whether they thought about it and thought we could actually do a game of that. Well, I mean, it depends how much they took from the original source material, doesn't it? I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's not the most ludicrous sport to invent. No? You've got to, there's going to be a ball, put the ball in the target, that's fair, and instead of running around, you're all on skates. Yeah. And it's free for all. Because I thought it's that not the most ridiculous game. From you think about crash team racing, there's an element of that mm. in what was happening there. And if they invented a game like to play, imagine. Oh yeah, that'd uh, sell. I love. I yeah. loved. I mean, I loved the initial one when they went. This is what did they call it? Soft. Like, there was a word they had for the fact that we just play. Scrimmaging, scrimmaging, scrimmage. Like this is just scrimmage. It's like the street version of it. Yeah. But now this is when I got worried. So when we went to the main motorball arena, yeah, yeah. the first time, it looked like something Michael Bay had shot. Mm. All those brightly coloured green and orange suits flashing yeah. about didn't look good, no. didn't work, and I kind of thought, oh god, I've seen in the trailer. There's, I, I know that she ends up in this. Mm. Is the final battle something as awful as this? And luckily, I feel like that was shot by someone else because the actual end one yeah. was actually a really good watch. Yeah. And it was just as, as probably a bit more intense for me mm. than pod racing. Mm. But so, so on, we're on, we're on the ball with motorball. We like that. And I tell you what, I really did like as well. I, I thought they got the world spot on. Mm. Uh, like it, and that's what grabbed me in straight away. Was because I was just looking around at, at the, everything, at everything going. Whoa, like her. that looks boss. So it, yeah, exactly. So it was like you know you've introduced to the Iron City and there's this like Midgar type yeah, city yeah, above yeah, yeah. them. And I was like back in Final Fantasy VII for a minute, and I was like, <laughs> this is this is boss. I'm loving this. And I thought it just looked incredible, the, the film. Like, yeah, the cinematography, the graphics, 
have all been great. It's a shame it'll probably get forgotten come awards time mm. because it's so early on in the year. Yeah, but, I get that, but like, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I usually could, with the cinematography type things, they will get, like, you know, you think of like, that, that's going to be one of the better ones. There's no way, I mean, you've got Endgame and stuff like that will certainly come into play mm. with any sort of like graphics award, but I, I think this will be up there. I'd, I mean, Alita herself, like, I, there was total points where I completely forgot that the eyes were enhanced and yeah, yeah. the body wasn't real. I just completely lost myself again. It's all down to a fantastic character, acted very well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, what was the name, what's the name of the actor that we both love who was in this? What was the doctor called? What's his real, who's the main? Oh, Christopher Waltz. Christopher Waltz, again. That was really good as Again, well. totally like, kicked obviously. it. And this that there was parts of it where, like, I thought, well, obviously, well, oh my god, is he the murderer? Yeah, so I was that like, was oh really god. good. I was like, have I been suckered in here? And because and it's then, Christopher Waltz, it's believable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. honestly believe it from the moment she jumped in. Yeah, because the, the, the entire setup. Yeah. You, you would have jumped in as well but if you were. But then it turns around. Wow. And I loved that. Yeah. Like, keep me guessing, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I absolutely love that. But the character and that then gave that character so much more depth as yeah. well when, when we found that out. So, oh man, I, I just, I was very, very surprised. Um, let's talk, I mean, we've talked about the character we didn't like, the, the, the woman's motivations were a little bit all over the show. The boyfriend, well, he was a mixed bag for me. Like, I kind of... I kind of wanted him to go the other way or what, and be a total baddie. It, I think it, it almost might... fell in this in-between bit for too long where mm. he either needed to completely come around and then his mate turned on him, I thought. But, but then that never happened and then I thought it might go the complete other way where she falls for him and he's the one who ends up trying to get her into like Vector's office or something and it's because he's going to Vector or... He was, almost, he was almost too nice to be that bad guy mm. under cover of darkness. Mm. Like, there's no kind of like, in between, like, you, surely maybe he says or does something that may, or the doctor goes, you want to watch out for him. He's, there's something not right, but the doctor's even like, he's the sweetest kid, yeah. nicest guy. And then he's doing that, which, which to me would imply, that's like what psychopaths and sociopaths are like. Mm. But he then doesn't show those tendencies yeah. whatsoever. It was just, he was not, not unbelievable per se, but there was just one shard of his character missing. Yeah, I, I felt like he didn't go one way or the other, so it left him very much in the middle. Yeah. And that kind of was overshadowed by the other good characters yeah, around Yeah, that's him. the problem. There's so. so much going on with all these other people. That, I mean, I even liked the, you know, <laughs> broom handle Mauser, you know, <laughs> yeah. he came back several times and it, is, it was just, he didn't need too much depth. It's just like this big, big hulking, Bounty hunter who just well, and what right? What was the name of the guy with the mohawk and the the, the cool sword? It was bugging me. Yeah, but what's the actor called? Oh, uh, he, let that, me have a quick. Well, I recognise Ed him. Screen. He has been in something else. He's I been have a, a lot, but uh, yeah. I, I recognise his face. He was in Deadpool. So that's it. Uh, he was in Deadpool. He was. He was the bad guy in Deadpool. Yeah, that was it. Uh, yeah, he, again, it was another good, a good, good performance from him. I think better actually. He came off as, I don't know, just like the cowardly bad guy who's just overpowered. And like she said, you do not deserve this sword. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. It was funny as well. It yeah, was a funny it was, film. It had like the right amount of action to the right amount of humour to the right mm. amount of emotion 
through it. I, I thought it was generally like the direction, the screenplay. I'm finding very I, little fault with it other than what we've probably already thought. I mean, the one, only one other fault I had, which kind of threw me, but I kind of, I, I blame James Cameron for this because it's screenplay. Um, and whether he's being true to the source material, but I felt it was a big jump from uh, getting the she. So she goes, she gets the suit, the new body, mm-hmm. and then she. Sorry, then she gets in that big battle, and she's got no body, so the force to put her in that. And we go from that to her visiting the fella who's like, oh, and she's like, here's my heart, and then he just goes, you should do motorball, which we know why he says this mm-hmm. in the end. But then she's just straight there, getting ready for motorball, no prep before this. The doctor's helping, even though he has stated he does not like the sport. I felt there was a massive jump there. I almost feel like the scene was cut out. You could possibly see... And that's that was Maybe the only had thing. To cut something for time. I, I do get what you mean. It, it did feel like it shifted quite mm. quite rapidly, and there was no growth from from you know not doing motorball to, to suddenly. I'm in motorball, <laughs> yeah. especially when we just had like this whole big battle about her going. We need to find this guy and yeah. kill him. We need to stop Nova. We need to avenge together. And I thought that was going to be the main crux of the story. Yeah. And then that's out the window that's smashed that's as dead as the dog in the scene and then we're just straight into now it's motorball time yeah that was the only thing that kind of threw me a little um i'm trying to think is there anything else really to talk about we just because we can't compare it to any of the original stuff i mean we we both just really enjoyed it and i mean there's nothing like in about the mu- I mean, the music with the the score was just like anything in particular is what i would say but it didn't so it's not one that I'd say would be very memorable. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not thinking. Oh, I'm going to remember that score mm. for Alita. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't like I was going. Ooh, yes, yeah, that doesn't suit it. So I wouldn't say the soundtrack's anything or nothing. I think the whole thing reminded me of a really late '80s dystopian thing. Yeah. Although one thing I will point out compared to other like futuristic dystopias is there was a lot of hope throughout it and mm. the whole thing, the whole world was quite positive. The world was like, yeah, there was this battle 300 years ago. Yeah, a lot of the world collapsed. Yeah, we're quite poor compared to up to her. But hey-ho, that's life and yeah. we're just going to crack on. And rather than just everyone just sink into their own sadness. I mm. really like that aspect that everyone was just I thought that was more realistic. The world would just crack on and get on with it. Yeah, I, I thought it was maybe a really good point about it was them setting it 300 years after the battle and not just after yeah. the battle because then, you know, that that you would feel after 300 years that life would have just got back to itself and this is just the way it is now. Do you get what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, there's a, there's, there's, there's all no of them up there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't worry about <laughs> them. We just do our stuff down here. Yeah, yeah. So I can't, it was very believable in that aspect. Um, yeah, like I mean, I, I was surprised, but very happily surprised with it. I think we're the. I think we know where we're at now. Yeah. So, raising it, Gary. What are you going to I, raise? Elisa Battle Angel. I had said at the at the outset. I thought it reminded me somewhat of Ready Player One. Now I know you didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I obviously did, and I gave that I think an eight out of ten. Um, if memory serves. I think you did. Um, so I'm going to give it the same. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? Yeah. Sound, just in case you didn't overhear that. The, one of the waitresses just came and just banged the chair for no reason into <laughs> the table whilst Gary said 8 out of 10. So Gary says 8 out of 10. I'm with you. 8 out of 10. I think it was up there with Aquaman for me. Mm. Yeah, I just mind. I, I just went in just 
with a, a steady expectation, it blew that away. It's not, it's not like, it's a high eight, by the way. It's a very high eight. Like, I actually prefer it to Aquaman, mm. but I don't want to give it a nine. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is holding me back on the nine. Uh, yeah, like the only, as I say, because I'm generally quite positive about it. Um, you know, the only negatives, as I say, I, I think just the fact that I just don't think it's believable that Nova would just leave it for that, that long. long. Just like, oh yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing, and you, you like know, he says, you, I can come after into, you, and you, you get know. into the champion, and then you come up here, we'll have a nice chat, yeah. <laughs> I'll make you some tea. Unless it's like <laughs> some weird, like, <laughs> the, what was the second Unless Matrix? Unless got something where he's allowing her to come up. We don't know that until no. the sequel. For now, that didn't make sense to me at all. Mm. Uh, that really, really dampened it a little bit towards the end. Uh, but generally speaking, like that was a very enjoyable watch. Yeah, yeah I think it's all about eight out of ten. It could even transcend to a nine, depending on how the sequel goes. Mm. If the sequel's dead good and it make, makes bits like that make yeah, sense, yeah. I might go, you know what, it, it'll grow on me. But yeah, that was a, a bit of a shock. What did you think? Don't forget to let us know by giving us an email or putting it in the comments under the podcast. And by the way, we're going to, um, we said we were going to review, um, what was it, Age of the Supermen? What was it? What was it? What's that film called? Reign of the Supermen. Reign of the Supermen. And we just didn't do that because we both kind of had this, meh. It was, yeah. Kind of, it, was, I yeah. I, it was one of those films where I don't feel like it we deserved. could have talked long enough or... <laughs> I don't know, it was just something about it. We don't it. have to go into that, but no. that's why we didn't do that. We didn't forget, we just kind of thought, there's nothing really to say about it. It's a film that's on. Um, <laughs> the next time that we're going to do a podcast, we're going to be doing the, I've decided to call it the Fantastic February Prequel Spectacular. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, and we'll be doing this in another bar, the Dead Crafty Bar, um, but we will be, have, it will be quiet. Mm. We won't have any of this background noise. And I'll have a proper setup as well, not using this little basic setup I've got. And we'll be joined by Dan Bibby, Dan Morrison, and Peter Jones of Dan Bibby and the Aesthetic Knobs, uh, who are all prequel heads. We've also got, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Don't forget to go to talknerdy.uk, as I sometimes forget to mention. And I've just put up another episode of the Undead Comic Cast, uh, which is now back on iTunes. It got kicked off and back on. And Gaz, you're just a bit stuck for making uh, stuff at the moment laptops because broke. <laughs> both of them <laughs> houses under construction. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a little bit out of sorts at the moment, but I might write one rather than yeah. do a uh, audio one because just you to might keep be up to date with, with things to keep to show that you're still in the know. Yes, I have watched quite a few movies since the last master of movies right so, so this will probably do with getting something up whack something together well, it just won't be an audio one I wouldn't yeah imagine. all right well uh, in that case until the next time i've been jay i've been gas and we've been talking nerdy just talking nerdy <laughs> peace yeah, i gotta take it out it's stuck